Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. So, it's great to see so many here this morning, and if you're watching online as well, you also are very welcome. Now, I wonder how many of you, either here this morning or online, have ever camped in a tent in a foreign country? Oh, yes, yeah, oh, lots, actually, and maybe with you online as well, you've done it as well. Well, in the entirety of my life, I've only camped abroad for a very short time, and that was as a child. From about the ages of four to eight, for three weeks each year, my dad would take us to France to go camping in one of those big, old-fashioned frame tents. Yeah, you remember them, don't you? Well, I, I absolutely loved it because my dad would show me how to put those aluminium poles together that were part of the frame of the tent. And then we would do it together. We would put the frame up together. And then when we put the frame up, it showed me how to pull that really heavy, big canvas over the top of the frame. And we'd do that together. And then it showed me the importance of hammering those pegs into really firm ground so that the guy ropes would stay firm in a strong wind and the tent wouldn't fall over. And then we'd dig stone trenches all the way round the tent in case we got flooded out in the, in the possibility of, a, of, yeah, when the storms came against us. And yeah, some of you know you've been there. And, and then he'd take me into the forest and we'd hunt for, for timber and wood and we'd light a forest fire together and we'd sit round it and chat into the night. And I really loved it. In fact, I loved it so much that when I was there abroad, I completely forgot about going back home. And in fact, to me as a child, that trip abroad was completely separate. It had nothing to do with anything in my future life when I went back to home to the UK. But when I sat down with my dad and I told him that, he would gently point out to me that from his perspective, what I was doing on that time abroad and those few weeks abroad was actually a preparation for what I was going to do later on in my life. He told me that actually those skills that he taught me about camping, I'd use someday in the future again. Those times we'd had bonding together as a family, we'd need those times again in the future. And that actually those times that I'd thought that the tent was, was almost home, but as actually a few days in a foreign country wasn't really home at all. 
that actually, you know, we were citizens of the United Kingdom, and actually, the laws and the culture and the values of the, you, of the United Kingdom were, were what we were most familiar with. And he, I came to realize that what my dad wanted me to do was to really enjoy my few weeks abroad in a tent while never losing sight of the fact that one day he was going to come and take me back home to the lovely house that he'd purchased for me in the country that we called home. And that makes me think it's a bit like how God wants us to live our earthly lives from his eternal perspective that we are to enjoy every day that he has given us camping abroad here on this earth while never losing sight of the fact that heaven and not this earth is our true and eternal home that we are citizens of a heavenly kingdom and as citizens are not citizens of this world and that one day our heavenly father is going to come back and take us to the beautiful home that he's prepared for us and bought for us with his very own blood in the country that he and we will call our true home, the country we truly belong. That, after all, is what the heroes of the faith in Hebrews chapter 11 did. They lived their life on this earth as tent-dwelling aliens looking for their heavenly home. Those heroes of the faith recognized and trusted that God had an eternal perspective for, that, for this world and that their lives on this world were part of God's eternal perspective. And they recognized that although their earthly lives were temporary, how they lived their earthly lives had eternal significance and eternal consequences, both for them and for others, both now and in the future. That living their lives from a God's eternal perspective changed everything because it changed their outlook in life. It changed their attitudes. It changed their hopes. It changed their day-to-day -day living. It changed most of all and most importantly their eternal destiny. That God was preparing an eternal home for them and it was God's eternal home and not this world that was their true home. And as such, they were to live as foreigners and tent-dwelling aliens on this earth looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city built and designed by God. Here's a passage from Hebrews chapter 11. And it shows us that actually those heroes of the faith were very familiar with the concept that living on this earth as aliens and in exile was part of God's eternal perspective for us. After all, sin had caused Adam and all mankind to be exiled from God's perfect home for us 
in Eden. And we've been living as foreigners and aliens on this imperfect world ever since. Abraham was spent time in exile when in Egypt from the promised land that God had given him of Canaan. Yet Hebrews 11 tells us that when he went back to Canaan, to the earthly home that he had, he didn't consider that he was home because he was looking for a eternal city, a city whose was designed and built by God. He wasn't happy that this world was where he truly belonged. And then here's some more verses. And it basically tells us that, look, the children of Israel also went into exile to Egypt from Canaan. And after 430 years, they came back out of exile and they came to the promised land. And you would have thought, that's it. This is our earthly home. This is where we're happy. This is what we should be doing. This is what God called us to do. But Hebrews 11 tells us, no, because they recognized that even in their earthly home that God had given them, they hadn't received the eternal fulfillment of God's promise for them. And then, some centuries later, the children of Israel get exiled off into Babylon. And after 70 years, they come back. And you think, this is great. This is what they wanted. This is their eternal home. But it's not. It was, they recognized this was their earthly home. But God had given them an eternal home. And they were looking for a better place, an eternal homeland, a heavenly homeland. So you see, if those children of the faith, those heroes of the faith who went back from exile into their earthly homelands, and they knew that that wasn't where they were supposed to be, how much more for us now that we know what Jesus has done for us on the cross? You know, um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, just before he died to bring mankind eternal life, Jesus prays to his Father about us, his disciples. And he says, he declares out loud that we are not of this world just as he is not of this world. And that's Jesus confirming that not only has he lived by an eternal perspective that he was an alien on this life, on this world, but that we are to do so as well. And that in fact, if you look at some of the other writers of the New Testament, first Peter, he basically says, friends, don't be cozy in this world because it is not your home. And in 2 Corinthians 4, Paul tells us to fix our eyes, not on the earthly, physical world, but on the unseen, eternal world. Because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And actually, in the next chapter, Paul goes on to highlight and and really to pick up what we have in, in Hebrews chapter 11, contrasting what our God-built eternal home with this flimsy tent we live in at present. And he says these words, 
We are convinced that even if these bodies we live in are folded up in death like tents, we will still have a God-built home that no human hands have built, which will last forever in the heavenly realm. And this is no empty hope, for God himself is the one who has prepared it for us for his wonderful destiny. And to confirm this promise, he has given us the Holy Spirit. You see, God's eternal perspective is a God-given promise to us. And it's no empty hope because God's guaranteeing it himself for us with his Holy Spirit. So friends, let's not live our lives on this earth focused on the world and thinking that heaven is some mere afterthought for when we die or get much older. Let's live like those heroes of the faith, trusting that God has an eternal perspective for us and knowing that this earthly home is really not our home we are aliens and foreigners and travelers and nomads some of the translation calls it and yet we are looking for an eternal home for an eternal city designed and built by God for a, a place that is better than where we are at present for a heavenly homeland that God has built for us let's live our lives from God's eternal perspective Now, what is interesting in the rest of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul goes on a bit and explains a little bit more about what it means for us to be citizens of heaven living as aliens on the, or foreigners on this earth. And he says that actually that we are God's ambassadors. And that's amazing. What that means is that from God's perspective, we aren't just any old citizens of heaven. We aren't ordinary citizens of heaven. We are given a crucial diplomatic role by the king of heaven himself. Jesus has appointed us as his royal ambassadors to take the message of his heavenly kingdom to the citizens of this world. You see, the Greek word used here for ambassador means that we are an envoy carrying a very important message from a king of one kingdom to the citizens of another kingdom. We have a message, a very important message, which Jesus wants to take to the citizens of this earth. Interestingly now, the thing is, you see, when I said the word aliens, you probably thought weird things like, you know, uh, Sigoni Weaver with, yeah, some of, (laughs) okay, yeah, all right. Um, You know, or or you thought foreigners or, or whatever. But actually, if you realize that we are ambassadors of Christ to this world, that totally changes our outlook and our thoughts of what we are as aliens or what we are as foreigners. You see, an ambassador is 
to a foreign country is only an alien or only a foreigner in the sense that they follow the rules, the laws, the values, the cultures, the purposes, the interests of the country that they have been sent for, from, over the culture of the country that they've been sent to. So that means as ambassadors to Christ, we are meant to follow his rules, his interests, his values, his person, his person and his purposes over the things of this world. You know, just like the queen sits on the throne in Buckingham Palace and sends her ambassadors out to the foreign lands to represent her interests. Jesus, as we speak, is sitting on his throne in heaven and he's sending us out as his ambassadors to represent his interests to the world and the citizens of this world around us. You see, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 goes on a little bit, because you might be thinking, oh, I'm not an ambassador. I, you know, what am I, you know? But actually, 2 Corinthians 5 tells us a little bit more about some of the characteristics that we are to display as ambassadors of Christ. Verse 5 tells us, sorry, verse 7 tells us that we are to live by faith and not by sight. So as ambassadors of Christ to this alien world, we are to follow and trust in what he has revealed to us by his word over what things might appear to us in the physical realm. We are to live not by the physical world that is is seen, but by the unseen realm, which is eternal. And therefore, as as envoys, we are to proclaim the message that God has an eternal perspective for this world and that his eternal perspective alters everything in our lives. And most of all, it alters our eternal destiny. Then there's another verse. Um, verse 14 says that, tells us that um, we are to live our lives on this earth letting Christ's love, which will not let us go, be the fuel that propels us and passions us in our earthly life. So that means that as ambassadors of Christ to this alien world, we are to have a personal knowledge of how much and how deeply God loves us, of how much he thinks of us, of how valued we are. And we can then show that to the world around us. And as envoys to Christ, we go out with a message And that message is that God so loved the world that he died for them so that they too could become citizens of heaven and have an eternal destiny. And then verse 16 
tells us that we have been made by Christ totally new creations. That means we are heaven's citizens and no longer earth citizens. Formerly, we were citizens of earth, of heaven, sorry, of, of, of this world. And we followed what the earth wanted us to do, what the world wanted us to do. We couldn't help it. We were slaves to that country. But now we've been transferred into his heavenly citizenship. And as a result, we have got freedom in Christ. Freedom, we are no longer slaves, but we are free people to live as heaven wants us to live and as our heavenly king wants us to live. So as citizens, sorry, as ambassadors of Christ, to this alien world. We're to live with his rules, Jesus' rules, heaven's rules, heaven's language, heaven's words, heaven's love. We're to follow him, our new citizenship, and not our old ways. And then, as ambassadors, we're to go out to this world telling them just how wonderful King Jesus is because the king that we now serve is infinitely better than the ruler of this place. And that, you know, he is what he's done for us and what he can do for you. That's the message that Jesus wants us to come to go out with. You know, if you wanted to sum up the job description of us as ambassadors, we find it in verses 18 to 20. And it is this, that we have been given a commission, and that commission is that God has handed us the ministry of reconciling God and man. The ministry of reconciliation is what we are about as ambassadors. You see, ambassadors only reconcile countries that are at odds with one another. Friendly countries don't need any reconciliation. They get on too well with one another. Only countries that are at complete Opposition with one another need their ambassadors to be actively involved in reconciling one country with the other. And the trouble is that the kingdom of this world is at complete odds with the kingdom of heaven and just won't have anything to do with it. But while he was on this earth, Jesus himself took upon himself the ministry of reconciliation. And he was the one who has done all that is necessary to allow the citizens of this earth to cross the border and become citizens of the kingdom of heaven. You see, by his death on the cross, Jesus has done all that is necessary for us and for everyone around us to be transferred from a citizen of this worldly kingdom to a citizen of his heavenly kingdom. And all we need to do is to accept his ministry of reconciliation. 
As soon as you say yes to Jesus' ministry of reconciliation, then instantly Jesus himself converts your, and transfers your ownership, your citizenship from, his, from this world to his world. You know, as the verse says, you know, that means that ambassadors to Christ with an eternal perspective, we are to carry this message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf, turn back to God. And be reconciled to him. You see that's the crux. Of our being ambassadors for Christ. That we are to proclaim Jesus' ministry of reconciliation. To this hopeless, dying and temporary world. So that as many of its citizens. Can be transferred into citizenship of heaven and eternity. For good. You see, there's a beautiful verse here in verse 21, and and this is the message that we as Christ's envoys are to take. That God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That means that we were citizens of this earth and we no way we could cross that border into heaven. There was a chasm, there was security guards, there were angels with flames and swords stopping it. And Jesus' death has enabled us to go from that kingdom right across the border into his eternal heavenly kingdom. Now that is a message that as ambassadors, it's brilliant to bring. It's a message of hope to a dying world. It's a message of eternity to a world that's passing away. It's a message of light to a world that's in darkness. It's a message that brings purpose and meaning and reason to this what is going on type world. So the question is, what are you and I going to do with Jesus' ministry of reconciliation? Are we going to live our lives from an eternal perspective? From the perspective that how we live our lives has eternal consequences? From the perspective that we are citizens of heaven and that we are aliens on this earth? From the perspective that we will seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto us. From the perspective that we are ambassadors carrying a message which is the best message that has ever been given. That Jesus has reconciled God with mankind. And that leads us to the most important question of all. Where will you and I spend eternity? Because 
This is eternal perspective to this life. We will all spend eternity somewhere, either with God, because we have accepted Jesus' message of reconciling us with God, or in a place that is totally separate from God, that is completely devoid of his presence and anything of his goodness. Because we chose to reject Jesus' ministry of reconciliation. You see, friends, a day is coming when Jesus will act as the just judge of his kingdom, of his heavenly kingdom. And he will judge every one of us based on whether or not we have accepted his message of reconciliation to God. And the day is coming when Jesus, the king of the heavenly kingdom, will call his ambassadors back home to live in the beautiful land and the beautiful mansions that he has given them because they did accept his message of reconciliation to God. And the day is also coming, friends, where Jesus will break off all diplomatic relations with every person who said, I don't want anything to do with you. Those who rejected his message of reconciliation, he will break off diplomatic relations. And friends, you don't want to spend eternity without God. So the question is, what will we do about Jesus' message of reconciliation? You see, we don't have to do anything really because Jesus has done it all. To, to become a citizen of heaven, we don't need to do anything except, except his message of reconciliation. We don't need to pay for our passports. We don't need to pay for our citizenship because by his death on the cross, Jesus has already paid in full everything that was needed for us to become citizens of heaven. And Jesus has got your passport with your name on it. And all you have to do is to accept his message of reconciliation. And he will give you your passport for free and you will be with him forever. So friends, where are you going to spend eternity? Where are you going to spend it with Jesus and with God or is completely separate from him. So are we going to accept Jesus' offer of his message of reconciliation? Will you do that today, friends? Will you accept his message, his offer to be reconciled, to become a, a citizen of his kingdom? Will you accept his offer that you can be an alien on this world and live as a citizen of heaven? That you can be an ambassador of the message that he's given you? Will you accept his offer 
today and live your life from his eternal perspective. If you've never done that, friends, why do you not just pray with me now? Jesus, I want to thank you for what you did on the cross. I want to thank you, Lord, that you have conquered death and that you have transferred us from the citizenship of this earth to the eternal citizenship with you. And Jesus, I declare that I have followed the old ways of the old of this world. And I'm sorry for that, Lord, but I want you to come into my life. I want to accept that passport that you are freely offering me. I want to accept the citizenship that you are freely giving me. And if you pray that prayer now, Jesus will come into your life and he will rescue you and he will take you out of one kingdom into his eternal kingdom and you can be with him forever and you can live your life from his eternal perspective. And if you pray that either here, speak to Wayne later, or online, Paul and Diane are on the Zoom now and why not speak to them about that and they can help.